is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. Today we want to talk about personalization. How can a online shopper get a very personalized experience with your store? Now that's not a really difficult thing to do when you go out in the world in a brick and mortar store, but when it comes to online, it might be really, really difficult. So therefore I have with me today Francis Pilon, head of global partnerships at Limespot.com. Limespot is an AI-driven personalization suite proven to optimize customer discovery reduce merchandising overhead and increase revenue for merchants. So there should be a win-win situation for the customer, for the merchants. And we want to dive a little bit more into this. How can you make your store a little bit more personalized than your competitor? Hi, Francis. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much, Klaus, for having me today. Yeah. Appreciate it. Give me a bit of a background what personalization means for you when it comes to e-commerce. Well, it's interesting you've mentioned the kind of rea- the bridge to the a brick and mortar experience. And essentially, for the longest time, the online shopping experience was impersonal, right? You, everybody who got there got the same type of product, the same type of experiences. Well, we know in practice when you go to a physical store that whether you know you're in a smaller community and you're known into your preferences, or that you you know maybe have a more less stronger connection with the, the store staff, but still they're in a position to ask you a question and kind of guide you into finding what you're looking for. So personalization for e-commerce is kind of the an, an analogous of this in the online. And so essentially a few things come, come to mind when, when I'm thinking about this. So the, the, the discovery process is a big one, right? So the ability to take someone who may not necessarily know what they're looking for, they have a vague idea, they want to, you know, they have a cocktail party, we know how, what kind of dress would you, so essentially we're automatize how a person would ask those questions and essentially guide somebody to find the product that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very, very important because if you go to a store and you do not really know what you want, so you just have a wake idea is like, I need a solution for a problem. Then obviously a salesperson will come up to you and help you guiding you through the store, through the products or service, whatever they offer and give you sort of a white glove VIP um, treatment to, to mm. find the right thing. Now in the online world, obviously in the last couple of years, we saw with Facebook and so on and so forth, very data-driven, a lot of details about the customer when it comes to targeting and so on and so forth. How can that be translated to a e-commerce online store scenario? Right. I mean, so so what, there's a couple of things. Uh, one of them is that you as a solution that provides personalization, you need to understand the product, the product. So the catalog of products to to be able to see how you know who might be interested in. So in the case of Linespot and 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 many AI uh, driven solution, we'd be looking at uh, enriching the data that is being provided through the product catalog. So it's on one end. On the other hand, we look at order history, for example. So this allows us to understand the relationship between people and products, so who has bought what in the past, but also between products. So those that have been bought frequently together in the past, which can see the, the type of algorithm, which could be like, you know, complete the look or are frequently bought together. 
And lastly, looking at the behavior of users on site to be able to infer their intent, right? So if they're in a warm region of the world looking for a, uh, a, a dress, you may infer certain things as if for the same store, if somebody comes from a different region of the world looking for something a little warmer, then you can also kind of better guide them. So we're looking at these signals to be able to infer what somebody is looking for and putting products in front of them and then re reassessing based on what those next clicks are. One of the things that I kind of wanted to piggyback on, on your kind of previous comments about you know the shopping in the real world is in one of the at the genesis of, of Limespot is kind of decision paralysis as a result of having too many options and and because obviously online you, you do have you know there's no limit to the inventory that you have technically, at least from a digital standpoint. And so many stores do offer, you know, thousands and thousands of product leading to customers not being able to actually make a decision as to which one they, you know, which product they may want to buy. And and so lowering, obviously, the the, the conversion rate, uh, AOV, but also leading to kind of like maybe dissatisfaction from the customer standpoint of not being able to know if you've made the right choice or haven't made a choice at all. So, so as, as you mentioned in the introduction, that kind of win-win side to personalization, as long as it doesn't go into the realm of creepiness, which is obviously always a concern when you're talking about personalization and AI, I think it's valuable for all sides in the equation. I think when it comes to conversion optimization, this might be a, a huge and massive advantage above other stores, because as you said, a lot of stores carry a lot of product inventory with them around and getting the, the, the customer, the potential customer in the quickest possible way to the product that they're looking for is obviously important. And sure, you can do that with a search form. You can do this with filtering and so on and so forth, but it always takes quite a bit of involvement and mental load of, of the customer to get there. Now with sure. AI, I, I think I'm not sure if that's a good comparison. I used to work in hospitality and, uh, you know, a, a wine um, waiter, so a sommelier would basically recommend the right wine for the right menu out of hundreds of wines they have in the yeah. cellar. So that's where I see AI coming in is like you as a customer, you just give me a bit of a preference and then I give you the right choice going from there. Now, right. what I kind of interesting what you mentioned is that the AI um, takes in returning customers compared to first-time customer, where they're coming from. Give me a bit of an insight. What kind of data beside of these are you using to, to get the right customer profile? Well, it really, I mean, it really depends on the, on, on the interaction, but the more we, the more signals, which we call, so the more signals that we have from a shopper, the better we are recommending products. So people who have bought from a store before giving us more signals, there's more signals to build recommendation upon than those who land there for the first time, right? So the more we know about somebody, the better position uh, we are. We do also I want to kind of diverge a little bit from the product recommendation side of it. So we do offer a module called segmented experiences. And this is a little bit different because it's less about products, but more about creating, changing dynamically the entire experience of the site. So we're talking about images, call to action, offers, copy. So anything that's kind of within the frame of the website, dynamically based on what we know of a specific of a user that's been segmented. So think about, you know, the 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 
a simple example would be that IP, right? So if you do serve globally, if I'm in Canada, sending me uh, to a homepage with a bathing suit in December is a bad idea because it won't convert because you're... So IP could be one. It could be UTMs, for example. So we can track where somebody's coming from or what the intent was, the ad that they saw and, and maybe create a different experience based on, on that UTM. We also do something around loyalty. So we could say, okay, if if somebody is in this loyalty tier, then then give them you know these kind of offers while somebody else maybe a somebody higher royalty tier could have access to products that others don't have so we could look at the type of browsers that they may be coming from purchase history product view so there's a lot of signals that we can use to empower the the merchants to create those experiences that essentially align the the brand with the expectation that the customer has of that of that brand so basically what you're saying is that customer A or visitor A of a site gets a complete different experience than visitor B. Is that right? That's right, yes. Okay. How does yeah. that work from a, from a technical side? Because obviously then you're really going deep into the code of um, the store. How does that affect the, I don't know, the management and maintenance of the store for immersion? So everything's done. So we don't ever, at least at LimeSpot, ever touch uh, the liquid templates. So there's mm -hmm. no modification that needs to be done at the theme level. Everything is injected via JavaScript. We are very, very conscious about performance. We, in fact, just published a, a cool article on Lighthouse and the impact that this has, obviously, on merchants. And so this is always uh, top of mind so, for us. So injecting those uh, various elements, whether replacing a div by another one, dynamically lazy loading. So all these components uh, are done dynamics and are handled from a essentially from a visual builder interface also. So if you go to the back of LimeSpot, most so of course there's the ability to do advanced function. We have JavaScript editor, CSS editor, that kind of stuff for more advanced users or those merchants who works with um, agency partners. But a lot can be driven using a visual editor, which also allows you to create really sophisticated uh, campaigns without really having the need for for technical knowledge. And so this is interesting when you said also in the intro how. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, this was really difficult to personalize, to mimic what we'd see in the real world. And as technology advances, I mean, if you're looking even the platforms, how they've evolved over time, the, the problem that we were solving 10 years ago in building e-commerce websites was to, you know, playing the wires to, you know, writing HTML and that kind of stuff. And, and, and now we're beyond this, right? So we I've given the tools to merchants, the bar to starting a store, the bar to managing merchandising correctly as you know, as lowered significantly. So it's much easier to do. And and, and ultimately it's easier and and uh, more beneficial for merchants to create those unique and inspiring experiences for their shopper, which I think I think everybody uh, wins from or values from. Obviously, the customer journey starts much earlier than on the store itself. They start through marketing channels and then the store is basically the result of what everything happens before. And I see you're interacting also, or you're also supporting email marketing, Google Shopping. How does that work? So, um, so these are two different uh, products. They work slightly differently. So we do integrate with major ESPs in the world of e-commerce, and we allow the creation of the widget that can be embedded in email templates. And this allows us to do what we call deliver live product recommendation in emails. So that is when the email is open is when we send the product recommendation to the, the recipient of that email. Now, imagine a scenario where you send your email on the Monday and it remains unopened. 
And then on a Tuesday, some, the, the same person goes on your website, clicks around, sends us additional signals, and then opens the emails on the, on the email on, that they receive on the Monday, on the, on the Wednesday. Their recommendation that they would see in their email also accounts for any of the signals that we would have received from them on the Tuesday visit. So it is up, you know, up to the minute, essentially, and, and as relevant as we can possibly. And now, of course, we cache this these product for a certain amount of time so that um, so not, you know every time that you open the email, you get a different uh, product recommendation, though it is possible. We tend not to do this. So, so that's how the email piece works. As far as the Google shopping product works, it is very interesting because all of the AI work that we do in terms of understanding the product catalog, we are in, in the position to extract additional attributes that we can pass to the merchant center, which enriches those listings and uh, leading to a couple things, one of them being paid campaign having a much better ROAS, but also being able to uh, have better ranking when it comes to organic uh, search as well. So so this one was a little bit of a byproduct of having such a great AI for product discovery that now a number of our uh, customer also use to, as you say, uh, create this whole journey essentially. And this is like another important point in this, and, and I'm sure you'll, you know, in the work that you do, you'd, you'd agree to this as well. Keeping a consistent theme that this, this entire journey from discovery off 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 site to the experience on site to the post purchase needs to be cohesive for for that merchant for that uh, that customer and to be you know rewarding to feel that we are understood by the merchant to feel that um, you know we've made also good decision in our purchases. Yeah, I think we're coming into a level where we can on Shopify or. WooCommerce, other platforms compete what Amazon is doing for a while and doing very, very well. Obviously, they are a closed platform and uh, they have sort of, were leading the way when it comes to personalization. If you're on Amazon, you're logged in. Obviously, you see your own homepage. Um, you get your product recommendations and all of that. And now, obviously, we can take this into Shopify. Now, the benefits for the visitor, for the customer are quite clear. As we have lots of uh, merchants listening to this podcast, obviously they're interested in what does it do for my store? So right. what are the benefits? What's, what do I get back out of it? Do you have some numbers there, some figures that um, you can share? Yeah, for sure. There's a few, there's a number of KPIs that we, you know, that uh, personalization has, I mean, they're the usual suspect, right? So that, so conversion rate, so conversion, essentially, uh, the way that we look at this is not the entirely, so there's, there's a couple uh, sides to this. One of them is uh, product view to purchase conversions. And so we can track the product that have been viewed or clicked through from LimeSpot recommendation to their purchase versus what we call standard navigation. So those products that have been seen, click through and purchased from a normal navigation. And what we see there is typically a two, two to five X conversion uh, through product recommendation um, uh, against the standard navigation. So that's that's one of the, the, the pieces that we can see. Uh, in terms of revenue generated through product recommendation as well, so that is the, the total of sales that has um, been attributed to a LimeSpot, generally we're listening, looking between 12 and 28% of all online revenue. So this is not pure lift, Right, so because naturally some a portion of this would have occurred um, through standard navigation, but that is an indicator. There's 
I don't want to get too technical here, but there's there's ways to be able to infer what the actual lift and and revenue uh, would be based on the total the amount of revenue and conversion rate that we're seeing through a store. Um, uh, there's also average order value. So if, for example, we were talking about discovery. Uh, which happens uh, you know, a bit earlier in the process, but as you get closer to uh, to the cart, so the, the the PDP, the product page, the the cart itself, uh, even checkout if if the the platforms allow so, so uh, Shopify Plus or BigCommerce, for example, and the post purchase experience, all of these give the merchant the opportunity to actually uh, bring upsell and cross sell to that customer, and, and so upsell obviously the ability to take similar product, same product, but you know, maybe propose a bundle or subscription, which which increase the the um, you know not only the average order value but the customer life potentially the customer lifetime value, and then the cross sell, which is a complementary you know you buy you buy shoes you get socks, uh, a complementary item which also drive AOV, and in the case of what we're looking at about five percent uh, in average across our store. Okay. And lastly, mm-hmm. oh, sure. I just oh. want to mention quite lastly. Um, Retention is another one, right? So it's a bit harder to to track and measure, but we know that by giving a better uh, overall customer experience, uh, uh, customers tend to stick and and want to uh, you know uh, build that kind of like loyalty with a brand. Okay. Oh, those are quite solid numbers. I mean, there's definitely an uplift there from these different KPIs overall. What's your recommendation on a minimal store, on, on the perfect merchant um, on the store? Minimum SQs, uh, SQs they need to have, how much right. visitors would they need to have to make it work? Yeah. Um, I mean, size doesn't really matter in terms of visitors that much. Obviously, um, you know, we do the more there is the, the faster we're you know the we do have a very far fast warm warm up period so the time by which you install the app and the which and the time at which it performs 100% you know maximum speed so to speak and so if you you know if you have 20 you know 20 customers a week obviously this is going to be a little bit lagging though we do have uh, probably the the fastest engine in the industry and and we can touch back uh, on this if you want and in terms of product uh, generally, 50 plus is, is what we need, um, and and there needs to be a maybe a little bit of space for discovery. So, uh, if you're looking, for example, if you if your store if you're selling, um, you know, washing machine spare parts, there's not really the opportunity. You know, somebody goes to your store, they have a SKU, they have a model. You know, it's it gets harder to really. Um, you know, upsell, cross-sell, or, or have a, some sort of discovery process in it. So there needs to be a, a bit of room for that discovery uh, uh, piece as well for uh, in the type of products that you have. Okay. What would be a golden nugget or a recommendation for you, from you for a uh, merchant when they want to get started with this? Yeah. Well, one of the beauty about, I think, about uh, personalization is that we can leverage what we call the the, the crawl, walk, run, uh, like parroting, if you will, right? So, um, and, and crawl can be uh, having upsell, cross-sell in your cart. Uh, and I would add to this, maybe adding a recently viewed box to most pages because it almost acts as a, you know, secondary navigation and really brings people to uh, products that they've seen. And we're seeing really great um, uh, lift from these kind of recommendations. So that's that's really like where to start from there. 
and, and look at the KPIs, right? So there's opportunity of moving boxes around, of adding boxes to your site and, and looking at the performance of each of the box on each of these pages and then build on success, right? So add an, an, a layer of discovery to your own page, a layer of discovery to the collection page, uh, add email. So, so this is where it's really easy to get started. It's not expensive. You see the benefits right away and then build on this gradually. Okay, no, that's a very good tip. So don't throw everything in, in the basket right from the start. Take it step by step and learn as you go. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, there's a tendency, right? So one of the problems we want to solve is for choice, this choice overload, right? So if you have said that's what recommended. And then if you throw, you know, 10 boxes, 10 recommendation boxes on your page, then you're not really affecting this. You're just creating a different kind of overload by making too many recommendations. So start small, uh, look, uh, look at the data, and then build on it. Okay, sounds good. Where can people find out more about LimeSpot? So LimeSpot.com is where uh, most of the action is. Um, I think what I, um, I can also share with you a couple links that if you uh, can add to the show notes would be great. Show notes would be uh, great to have, um, and also I think we can probably find a good way to have uh, offer your listener with a, a small discount uh, and some sort of offer that uh, would allow them to try LimeSpot for for a reasonable price and being able to assess whether it's something that could be useful for them. Oh, sounds good. I will definitely put these links in the show notes. Awesome. Cool. Sounds very, very good. I would recommend everyone to try it out. I think personalization is one of the trends um, that will be big next year. Um, lots of things going on in digital marketing since iOS 15 and whatsoever. People are a little bit all over the place, but I see some trends coming out. And I think personalization is definitely one of the biggest trends coming there. So um, my recommendation is try it out. Thank you so much, Francis, for your time. It was very insightful. And um, yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Klaus. Have a good one. Hey, Klaus here. If you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers, and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store strategy, offer marketing, sales, and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program, where I show you how to remove the guest work out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's a application-only program. To apply, go to my website klauslauter.com to learn more. And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And I would be grateful if you would leave a quick, honest rating and review over at Apple iTunes. It's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.